Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Here tonight, it's Ian. It's Mountaineer. And the captain. New Hampshire, breaking records, apparently, uh, pulling kids out of the government schools, meaning parents. Pulling their kids out of the government schools, which is the smartest thing you could possibly do wow progress kids and it's not only smart in the sense like your children will actually have skills if you pull them out of school it's also just a matter of safety i mean sure it it never gets covered of course but the uh, the levels of sexual abuse that happen to children Mm. in uh public schools physical abuse bullying all that crap astronomical not to mention that government is the world's largest bully and thus public schools are also bullies themselves but in addition to that then you've got bullying with like peer groups and just the poisoning of their minds that's the number one reason to get them out but we can talk about that um a little bit i think it was yesterday or the day before we covered the news that the U.S. government uh, gang is about to hit their so-called debt limit starting as soon as this I Thursday. I think I've heard Wait, wait this what's before. the difference between yeah. this and the debt ceiling? Same thing, I think. Because they just yeah. keep yeah. raising the ceiling. That's right. And that's, of course, what they're going to do again. Which has um, got to be the world's they tallest They like to raise ceiling. the roof yeah. on how much of your ceiling. money they can spend. Right. It's currently at like $31.4, I think, trillion. And so they're pretty much there. Uh, and so this is basically it's going to turn into a big political football. The Republicans are going to act like they're going to stick their feet in the sand. Something and else gonna, for me not to pay attention to. They're going to draw this out as long as they possibly can before they'll finally crack and completely raise the uh, the debt limit. It's so weird. Like people who are just tuning in never heard this show before. We can predict these events with this type of accuracy <laughs> because we've seen them all before. It all the time. And they keep repeating themselves time after time yeah. after time to a point that it is a freaking joke to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I, I had to reference you. I think it actually was last night's show because I brought you up, Peakless Mountaineer, as uh, somebody who pays close attention to these sort of financial monetary issues. Mm-hmm. And if I recalled correctly... Uh, it likes what, the money. What could happen? And I'm glad because well, it, I appreciate people that can explain it this is stuff. The most important thing, uh, because it's half of every transaction. So if they're stealing from your money, they're stealing from everything. They sure are. So the you know what they're talking about. Oh, what might happen if the U.S. hits its debt limit and the the ceiling isn't raised? You know, they're saying this could cause uh, you know economic calamity. And if I recall yeah. correctly, what the way you explained it previously was that uh, they rely on this debt limit to continue to be able to pay uh, interest on treasury bonds, for mm-hmm. instance. And if they, if they cannot do that anymore, that the, the whole like stock market, mutual funds, there's all this, mm-hmm. this sort of reliance on the continuation of these treasury bonds being paid as they are promised mm-hmm. to being paid. Because when people buy treasury bonds, they're saying, to, they're saying to themselves, this is a sure thing. This is a, uh, based on the U.S. government. They'll, they'll never default. Oh, yeah. Well, now they're talking about, well, we might default, quote unquote. Now, we know they're going to raise the limit, but that was, <laughs> did I recall that correctly? Yeah, that's, that's correct. So uh, the thing about uh, treasury uh, treasuries of uh, various kinds so uh it's less than the inflation so uh the in- so the financial class doesn't like to use a whole lot of them because you're you're not getting more back in actual purchasing power mm-hmm. but it it's basically just the go-to move to reduce your risk i'm just going to share a couple of the paragraphs from this uh advocacy for the trillion dollar coin 
Uh, so they say here, I know what a lot of dull-witted pundits are going to say about this proposal. You can't just mint a magic coin. It's a total gimmick. This is crazy talk. You want to know what's really crazy? Agreeing to remain the Secretary of the Treasury during a period of time when the House of Representatives' primo nutters have made it their cause celebre to regularly threaten to tank the global economy. But just this week, Bloomberg News reported that Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, who herself has called the platinum coin a gimmick, will remain in the role for the duration. If she wants to survive, let alone enjoy her tenure, she should tell Joe Biden that she's ready to mint the coin. Honestly, I'd question the judgment of any Treasury secretary who wouldn't do so, given the sadomasochistic alternative of grimly enduring an escalating series of economic nightmare scenarios. So the suggestion this person's making here is, look, if you just mint the coin... It gives the republic takes away all the Republicans' sort of negotiating tactics. Oh. So this person writing this is completely anti-Republican. They're partisan. They're pro-Democrat. Like if you just mint the coin, just one. You don't have to do all thirty-one. Yeah. Just mint the one trillion dollar coin, and then there's no more negotiations that happen. Then we can push it, kick the can down the road to 2024, when all the voters will vote in Democrats, and the problem will be solved. Right. And then we can just start spending, you know, like crazy or whatever. Yeah, except that uh, it. it if you want to see the Republicans seize control of the U.S. federal government, the most effective way to do that is to get someone in the Democratic camp to really, really push for this. What was the, the word the author used? Gimmick? Mm, that was actually what uh, Janet Yellen described the platinum Well, as, as if the U.S. dollar is any less a gimmick, <laughs> right? I mean, like this, this proposal to print this coin is just as asinine as the U.S. dollar is. Sure. It would be just a, some kind of crazy, gimmicky magic coin. Oh, you mean like the crazy, gimmicky magic pieces of cloth? Like reach into your wallet. Do you have some? Ga- is it USD? Guess what? You've got your hold of that crazy gimmick right there. Right. In politics, conflict and complications are inevitable, says the author here. Simple solutions are in short supply, and we all have a tendency to overthink things. It was, in fact, overthinking things that got us into this mess. During the grand bargain phase of his presidency, Barack Obama thought it would be a great idea to use the occasion of raising the debt ceiling as a moment to enter into larger negotiations on debt reduction. Obama just threw open Pandora's box, enabled the GOP's plunge into debt limit psychosis, and we've been struggling, struggling to get uneft ever since. It was also not coincidentally during his first term that the idea of minting a trillion-dollar coin, which appears to be an entirely legal cheat code, thanks to a few sentences in a 1996 law, first arose. And that's how this person views this. If by cheat code you mean the original design of the government, then yes. Peekless, you had a story that is a bit of an uplifting piece about parents getting their kids out of government school Apparently, somebody's run the numbers and looked measurable at, progress. Yeah, somebody's looked at the different states. Is there? Does it actually tell us like the whole range of which states are the worst, which states are the best, or is no, it just focus no, on, on New Hampshire? It does not. Okay, it just uh, mostly func- uh, uh, focuses on New Hampshire. Uh, New Hampshire public school enrollment plunge, worst in nation, even as taxpayer funding soars. Uh, who wrote that headline? I mean, best in nation. Yeah, best in nation is exactly <laughs> how I would write that. Uh, Where's this from? Com. Patch. Okay. Um, let's see I gotcha. here. That's kind of a, I don't know. I don't know if it's lefty, but it's definitely uh, status. New Hampshire Journal News Partner. I don't know. Got it. Um, 
According to the National Center for Education Statistics, Granite State public school enrollment fell by 14% between 2009 and 2020. Nice. Did their budget go down 14% between those Mm. years? Uh, That would be new. No, definitely not. They go up every year. I I remember (laughs) when we covered the one place where we're like, hey... Let's cut the budget to be, oh, I don't know, significantly more than private school for every single child would cost, but not, say, more than double what private school for every single child would cost. And, man, they ginned up enough people to cut that short. You're talking about the Croydon situation? Yeah. Yeah, they sure did. Yeah, it really just goes to show that we have so much more work to do uh, here in New Hampshire. There's fact. There's, it's still way too easy for the status forces to fearmonger people about, oh, the loss of the government schools. We can't lose. Children won't get educated if we don't have government schools well, and all the fearmongering. And, and factually, you're taking away people's daycare. Mm. Right. Right. So regardless of what people say. Right. Pay attention to what people do. Right. Mm-hmm. That, that cringy reaction they get when you talk about no more public schools. <gasps> Who will watch my kids for me all day long? <laughs> I don't know. Hire someone. Well, right. But Figure I mean, that's, that's, you know, to them, that's free, quote mm-hmm. unquote, right? That's how people feel about it. They feel that that's free, even though they're paying for it. No, yeah. Let me tell you, probably half your rent in New Hampshire is going to yeah. private or going to these government schools. Yeah. Well, but hey, some of us are stealing money from the rest of you to mm. get government daycare. That's true. And what? Are we, how are we going to afford the, the daycare if we can't yeah. steal from you? Yeah. And people immediately think, they go, well, daycare is so expensive, particularly compared to what I have to pay for public school, right? Because they don't see the real cost of what they're paying. Right. Jet, are you with us? And let me quickly shut off this noise. Um, I was calling. Well, I'll, I'll also say that I'll, uh, I'll redo some of my contribution there for you. Oh, thank you. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of into these First Amendment orders lately. Yeah. Like Breaking yeah, the, the Flaw, uh, who's uh, one of our co-hosts on uh, Thursdays sometimes. The idea they're using the, the camera uh, to kind of keep these government people in check, mm-hmm. going to various things. Well, you probably heard this um, this quote. I'm not sure who it's from. I, I could look it up, I suppose. But it says, where the government fears the people, um, they're... Yeah, where the government fears the people, there is liberty, and where the people fear the government, there is tyranny. Yep. Now, what I've noticed is, in a lot of these cases, you'll find that the government people, whether it's police or just, uh, you know, clerks or whatever, they they just hate this camera thing. Um, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So, because because normally these psychos love to intimidate and harass and actually cause harm to people. This uh, this causes them to pause and to take a break from that and to think twice. Um, what's really interesting well, I don't know if it causes them to think twice. Sometimes they just freak out and they want to cause harm to the person and do cause harm to the person holding the camera. They'll either uh, physically assault them directly and or yeah. call the police to uh, commit the assault uh, against the individual holding the camera. But it is always entertaining to watch, that's for sure. And kudos to these guys for being willing to put themselves uh, in harm's way of these psychopaths. Absolutely. It's incredibly brave of them. Yep. That does happen. But what I've been noticing more and more, and maybe it's just the ones that are uploaded, you know, to the YouTube or whatever, 
they're um they really are you know once they're once they're challenged and they're actually warned say hey you know be sure you know what you're doing because you can be opening yourself up to lose your uh qualified immunity you know i can attach your uh pension i can sue you directly that kind of stuff but anyway there's this fellow uh, his name is jeff gray he um i think he's one of those who started pnac the photography is not a crime yeah 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 thing. Um, his thing now is to incorporate all of the first amendments into his uh what what he does he goes out and he stands in front of some place holding a sign. And, it, and what he does, he, wrote, he writes it on a cardboard so it looks like a homeless thing. Mm-hmm. And he dresses kind of, he doesn't dress shabbily or anything, but just, you know, um, plainly. Yep. Uh, and, this, and the sign says, God bless the homeless vets. So he kind of covers a whole spectrum of things from the freedom of religion mm-hmm. to freedom of speech, freedom of press assembly and protest and um what's really interesting about it is almost every time he gets accused of soliciting or or panhandling and and it's surprising how many of these uh bureaucrats and and just um i don't know what to call them like i said the psychos don't understand that the supreme court if they believe in that have actually has actually um resolved that panhandling and uh, is not a crime it's, it's a, protected free speech protected speech yeah, yeah just to clarify where is this guy going with the sign is he just standing on the side of the road or is he actually going out in front of like government because, bureaucracy yeah he's going out in front of either the city building or a library or huh. um i'm not sure if he's ever gone in front of a police station but I'm actually um, really surprised like to hear that, that because uh, back in Denver, that was one of the easiest things to get uh, arrested for. Is was uh, panhandling? Yeah, panhandling. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting stuff. And what I'm saying is that um, he must be making a living off this. He and some of these people mm-hmm. because uh, because he's willing to just say, you know, be careful what you're doing because you can put yourself in your in your department or your uh, organization in some big hot water for doing this. And of course, he has been very successful in that. But it, what I'm saying here is it's just more than using the camera. It's actually covering all these, um, all these First Amendment freedoms all wrapped up in one. So when they, when they say, well, we've been told that you're panhandling, we're going to, we've got to move you along. We've got to arrest you if you don't move. You know, he, he stands on all of these things. So as far as, Rather than just photography alone, you know, the press thing Mm -hmm. that most of these people are doing. I just wanted to pass that along. And what was his name? Jeff Gray? Jeff Gray. And what was his channel? Do you remember his channel name? Uh, Yeah, it's Honor Your Oath. um, And it says uh, First First Amendment or or freedom or something like the liberty investigator or something. Okay, cool. Yeah. Oath keeper or something. I I don't know. Yeah. Um, and, And what. I was going to say what I like about him too. He, he keeps his videos short. There's mm. one guy that's really good, but he, it's like he does hour long videos. And I'm going, come on, I understand. And it's kind of fun to hear you and listen to you for five, 10 minutes at the most. But 
after that is just yeah i think that is uh one of the challenges for these guys i mean for instance our our friend joa he does you know two three hour long uh videos or 40 minute or hour you know typically they're an hour or more in some cases and that's just because he's he's doing a live stream where he's in you know he starts at a certain point and he doesn't stop streaming just you know that way no one can claim oh you edited the footage you cut out a part where you were insulting the cop right you know okay here it is here's the unedited version now he does put some edited ones up but they don't come out as often and i suspect that's just because it's a lot takes a lot of time what's your name caller you're on free talk live my name's Witt. i live in ormond beach florida welcome sir you're on the air i just i've been listening to you guys for three or four months off and on on saturday nights and sundays we're on uh, wnbb in daytona beach and i'm really intrigued by the things that you say um I want to, you know, help my family to be more free. You know, I'm an older person. I'm 63. My mm-hmm. wife's 59. She's actually from New Hampshire. Nice. But um, I'm wondering what kind of steps that we could take being down here to get to the point. Get to that point. What, what point would you like to reach? You guys sound like you got it going on. You know? um, you're the things that you seem to believe in are things that I believe in also free ab- absolute freedom. I'm willing to fight for it. So is my family. Um, I hear you talking about, uh, moving to New Hampshire is there a particular town or is it just getting into New Hampshire and what, I mean, why New Hampshire as opposed to any other places? That is the most effective way to fight it is to come to New Hampshire. Um, usually what people do is they sort of, uh, they, usually start out in Manchester and very few people stay there is what I've seen happen. Um, for, uh, families, uh, the, uh, seacoast is, uh, is very popular, uh, a little more expensive, but, um, but yeah, I mean, what you, what we need to win this is a community and the most simple and effective way of establishing a community is to be in the geographical presence of other people that share your values. So to answer your question of why New Hampshire, there were 101 reasons uh, why originally. What happened was the Free State Project was formed in 2001, and there were 10 candidate states that were chosen, all based on having less than 1.5 million population. They excluded Rhode Island and Hawaii because of corruption. Uh, So besides those two, the 10 lowest population states were the options. And each state had its advocates, you know, oh, yeah, move here. Okay, so they all came up with their pitch as to why the members of the Free State Project should vote, because there was a vote that happened once they hit 5,000 members, and the members of the first 5,000 people then decided which state would be the destination. So the answer why New Hampshire is because the people who were advocating for New Hampshire did a better job uh, than all of the other uh, nine candidate states, and they killed them. I mean, they, they blew them out of the water. The New Hampshire folks came up with what was called the 101 Reasons that Liberty Lives in New Hampshire. It was an, originally a text list. Uh, it became a PDF file at some point. It became a uh, hour-long documentary film, which you can still see. It's a little dated over at 101reasonsfilm.com. But also, it's being redone now. The new list is out. The 101 Reasons has been updated completely yeah. for 2022. It came out at the end of 2022. 
That is linked over. You, you can still go to 101reasonsfilm.com, and I put a link up there at the top of the page to the, the new version of this, which is free to download. There's a printed book that you can purchase as well on Amazon. It's all completely up to date. They added a bunch of new stuff. They took out some old stuff. And uh, so there's 101 plus reasons, and there's a lot of them. I mean, there's just uh, from political accessibility of the, the 400 state reps that we have here that you know makes it really easy to get involved in the system if that's the kind of thing that you want to do. Yeah. To uh, gun I would freedoms, have to say that, uh, a huge part of the of why this ended up being the best place to choose uh, it really had to do with the the 400 representatives. So it was just really, really difficult to add a bunch of completely unnecessary and backward regulation. What about likelihood of succession? Is that something that's very likely? Well, it just depends. In comparison to all of the other states, I say yes. I mean, Texas has a pretty good independence movement down there, but we've had a little more progress uh, politically than they, isn't it than like, they have. Uh, isn't it something like 30% of uh, New Hampshire people are fine with seceding? Roughly. It's a 29% was the poll that was done over the, the summertime, uh, and that's the details on that over at nhexit.us. It actually was 52% of Republicans mm. who said they were in favor of New Hampshire being its own independent nation. So I think that's a good starting point. You know, it's not a done deal yet. There's there's still a lot of our neighbors that need to be convinced on this issue. But the good news is the more insane stuff that comes out of Washington, D.C., and you can guarantee that they're going to continue. I mean, the gas stove thing recently pushed a few people over the the edge, from what I understand, on the idea of independence. So, I mean, they're going to keep doing crazy stuff, regardless of whether it's the Democrats or the Republicans. There's going to be more spending, more warmongering, more insanity. And that's going to make it easier and easier to convince our neighbors that... That, uh, that peaceful independence is the answer again. Yeah, I would bet that we're going to secede before anyone does just because the the uh, critical mass that you have to hit population-wise here is just such an easier target. Mm-hmm. So, like, as people move to uh, to Florida and to Texas to get more and more liberty, but you have these giant, giant cities there with so many yeah. people. Yeah, if you so, want to get 1% of a population for any kind of a movement, any kind of social movement, uh, that is far more difficult to do in a heavily populated area or a large city as opposed to a small state. Right. I get that. Well, I appreciate you taking so much time with me. And um, is there like a website or something that I that I could go to? Yeah, check out uh, check out the Free State Project. Theirs is freestateproject.org. And NHX. And, uh, and, well, NHX it if you're interested in uh, independent stuff, nhexit.us. And then, uh, of course, the 101 Reasons mm. that Liberty Lives in New Hampshire. Dig through that. Go to 101reasonsfilm.com. Click to the new version of it, the new text version. The new movie hasn't come out yet. That They're working on that. Watch the be, old movie. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good one. And most of it's probably still he's 63. It'll be modern okay. to him. So, yeah, check it out. And uh, feel free to call back with any other questions. Uh, Wit, definitely appreciate hearing from you. The numbers that you were sharing with us were from 2009, I think, all the way through what year? Yep, uh, fall of 2009 through fall of 2020. Okay, so we still don't even have the full numbers from the right. COVID fallout. Right. I mean, there, there definitely were some people that had left by the fall of 2020, but I'd like to see through the fall of 2021, you know, and maybe yep. see if that takes it from 14% to 16 or 17% or something like that, because uh, there was a significant amount of people that decided okay, well, we're just not going to send our kids back. Well, nationwide, that number did drop uh, two years in a row, so the COVID year, and then you know when COVID started, and then the year after it. Uh, the, the number of... The number of uh, 
enrollments in public school mm-hmm. dropped yeah. for a consecutive year right. after you know COVID was supposedly over. Right, because people were forced. I mean, this is one of the the good things. There weren't a lot of good things about COVID, but this was one of the good uh, sort of outputs. Was that mm-hmm. people were forced to try something different with uh, their child's education. And they were also able to see for the first time what the government education quality, quote unquote, actually was. Yeah, it was a re- right. revelatory experience for a lot of parents to see, this is what they do with our kids? Right, because they were forced to be at home also at the same time that the kids were at home. And so, therefore, they could, for the first time, because usually you would have to take time off from work and then go and sit in on a class. And, you know, no one's going to, most people aren't going to take the time to yeah. do that. Yeah, I mean, obviously that isn't a thing that people do. Otherwise, I would remember from school, oh, yeah, yeah this person's parent is sitting in today. Almost never. Because, wait, wait, can you yeah. do that as a parent? You can go sit in in your kid's class? Like, um, whatever I hope you want. so. You can. Uh, you have to uh, sort of go through a rigmarole and fill out a, fill out a, fill out a form or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Get a license. Get a pat yeah. down. <laughs> go through the metal detector. Well, and a lot of this is reminiscent of the, the same uh, uh, obstructions to transparency that you find in the court system and that you find... Uh, with the First Amendment or, yeah, the First Amendment auditors. Like, no one wants you taking uh, video of this no. because then they find out mm-hmm. what you've been doing. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. just about everyone who actually, like, takes the time to to watch this goes, wait, that? That is the quality of education. Uh, Carlin Borshenko, who was, uh, she's a doctor and she uh, ran for governor here in New Hampshire last time around. We did have her on right before the election. And she had an interesting proposal to this end, which was that if she were put into office, she would support the idea of having a camera installed in every government school classroom. That would be amazing. That would be pointed at the blackboard or the whiteboard or whatever. Mm. So it wasn't the purpose wasn't to watch the kids because that was one of the objections. She goes, oh, you're going to violate the kids privacy. Well, no, the purpose is to watch what the teacher is doing. Well, you're going to violate the teacher's privacy. Well, they're a government employee and we should be able to see what they're doing should be 100 percent transparent should be able to see it not just the parents but any taxpayer should be able to see those feeds from those government school Mm -hmm. uh classrooms boy did she get a lot of pushback from the teachers association the fact that you can't that that's not Mm -hmm. already a thing not only in schools but in every government institution Mm -hmm. should be very revealing to those of you listening who are like well no the government doesn't want you to have any visibility into what they do and how they do it they want you blind and uninvolved Mm -hmm. that's why this stuff is not transparent already the very idea that these people are fighting to have teachers have private time with their kids is deeply disturbing to me I do not want some unknown adult to have private time with my kids. That's insane. And okay, this is a public school, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so not private. The expectation of privacy comes with being in private. Indeed. Right. Yeah. So people are getting their kids out of these schools. You said New Hampshire's at a record 14% That's right. uh, downturn in enrollment, meaning people are pulling their kids out. Not just that people aren't enrolling them in the first place, but we're specifically talking about the, you know, they had a certain number and now they have a few, you know, 14% fewer. Is that correct? That's right. And uh, Axios reported that uh, according to the National Center for Education Statistics, uh, enrollment fell by 14%. Uh, as I said, between fall of uh, 2009 and fall of 2020, mm. and that 14% rate is projected to continue until 2030, emptying Great. even more classrooms. Let's get, it needs to go up. 14 yeah, is not how good do we, I agree. How do we I turbocharge agree. that? 
It needs well, to be fourteen percent a year, is what it should be. Well, no, and and that's uh, and that's the thing. If it's dropping by fourteen percent every, yeah, it would be nice. If, it was fourteen percent over a, a decade. Yeah. You got kids, and and you say that you love them, you'll do anything for them. Mm-hmm. Well, then you probably want them to have every possible edge over every other human that you can give them, right? right. Well, the facts already sustain the belief that homeschooled children do better in life post-schooling age than publicly schooled children. So that alone, if you care about your kids, you love your kids, you want them to have the edge, homeschooling alone should be the first thing you do Mm -hmm. and the thing you give the most sacrifice to to make sure that your kids have that edge. And one of the great things is that not only will the uh, ideas of independence not be beaten out of them mm-hmm. through uh, just the browbeating and the the shaming that happens as well as the general brainwashing that happens when you go through public school not only is that not occurring but when you are part of a community of homeschooling people you will get that value of doing things for yourself of not relying on government to solve all of your problems mm-hmm. for you so you will grow up and that will simply be your go-to action is not to hey there ought to be a law not to go for the government welfare but to go okay what can i do to get this thing accomplished right, how can i solve this problem right, right. how can i get solve this myself how can i solve this with my community mm-hmm were there any other takeaways from this study that you oh, thought yeah. were interesting? Well, so uh, the uh, the Axios report comes out just 48 hours after the New Hampshire Department of Education released the latest data on taxpayer spending on K-12 through education. Because cities and towns continue to increase their demands for taxpayer funding for schools. Right, despite the fact that the enrollment is down. Right. They want more money. Right. Which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no. I mean, you... Normally, the government schools have an excuse, right? Usually, the excuse is, presuming the enrollments stay flat or maybe are going up slightly, usually the excuse is, well, our test scores aren't doing so great, so we need more money to hire more teachers to be able to improve our test scores. Or, if the test scores are going up, then it's like, well, we still need more money because we got to keep things status quo, we got to hire more teachers, we got to keep the schools the best so there's always an excuse to, to bring more money into the system but if the numbers are going down of enrollments what is the excuse yeah, why they do they need the more excuse right there well obviously people don't think we're doing a good job we need more money so we uh, can do a better okay. job and attract them back in exactly. yeah, that's probably one of the like m- most false beliefs about uh, public schools is that more money equals better education and it doesn't does not yeah uh, average per pupil spending in New Hampshire has hit a record nineteen thousand four hundred dollars. Wow, man! Yeah, so think of the education uh, per year. Yeah. Per year, yeah, per student per year, nineteen thousand four hundred dollars. I am sorry, but there is no uh, service that I mean, very few services cost that kind of money. In the Croydon situation, where listeners may not be familiar, a free stater. Uh, Ian Underwood went to the town meeting mm-hmm. and he had printed up some flyers that showed, uh, and I have not actually seen the flyer, I've just heard him talk about it. He was on our show. Uh, but he printed up flyers that showed like the test scores over decades yep. and the spending over decades. <laughs> and you can see clearly yeah. that you don't get better test scores by spending <laughs> two times, three times, four times, five times as much. It does not translate. So with that information given to the people at the town meeting, he managed to convince the people at the town meeting to reduce the school budget 
by 50%. Yep. Meaning taking it from $20,000 roughly per student to $10,000, which as he pointed out, was still more than what the private schools in the area were charging for education. So there, it's not a huge cut if you look at it from that perspective. Right. And it would have taken it back to like 1995 levels of spending, which was still more than the private schools. And uh, so he passed, he got that passed. But then what happened was, and uh, Piklos sort of referenced this earlier in the show, what happened was there was this big outcry yeah. from the status who felt like they had gotten taken by surprise. This darn free stater went in there. He and ambushed us with and, pamphlets and, and charts. We, yeah, and we didn't know what he was going to do, and now we're going to fight. And they found some loophole in the law so, that allowed yeah. them to redo, essentially, or undo the vote if they could get 50% of the voters in the town to show up to this undo vote. Then they would be able to undo it, and unfortunately, they went literally door-to-door in a desperate attempt, telling lies, of course, about what had happened to persuade people uh, to do this, and they they were successful. It occurs to me that if – I was just kind of looking up to – if the average cost per student is $20,000, right, thereabouts – to put them in, in New Hampshire, that that's only ten grand a year away from the average cost of a prisoner in the United States yeah. prison system. Right. So, yeah. You know, well, the prisoner has to be there twenty four hours a day. Oh, that's true. So that yeah. might it might actually be more expensive to because mm-hmm. they're there for what eight hours a day or something like that. The students they're about yeah. seven ish, right? Now, I'm real. I'm real curious though. Uh, how many people were paid to go door to door to gather question. up all these people? Right, because seems to me that they have this massive Democratic Party. <laughs> sure do. That no, knows none of these people well that if you can't indoctrinate them as children, right. they will reject socialism. Mm-hmm. None of the and people. That's their whole bag. None of the people who showed up for the redo vote showed up for the original vote. Well, that's because they were told to stay home. The supporters of the reduction. We're told, and maybe wrongfully so, uh, we're told by the supporters that if we don't show up, then the vote w- – they didn't think that there were going to be enough of the people who wanted to undo the reduction in the budget, that they would that there would be enough of them to trigger the, the vote being legitimate. So they had to have over half of the town's population show oh, up to but, the vote. But, but either way, so, the, the original vote occurred. Right. And then a big stink was made about it. And then a bunch of people showed up to undo it. And I realize that maybe not the same amount of people who were there for the first one showed up. But what I'm saying is far more people showed up to the second one to undo it than showed up for the first one. If if that was their opinion and if they were so politically involved, they 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 showed up for the first one. They were resting on their laurels. They got caught by surprise. They were lazy and they didn't act until somebody pitched a Karen. Yeah. Well, they didn't think they had to act. They They figured they had it in the bag. They had total control. Can you describe what a education freedom yeah, account is? So education freedom account is uh, money that you can use for uh, homeschooling, for parochial schools, or for private schools. Mm-hmm. So, you know, anything other than public schools. Right. Now, the the education freedom account is $5,000. <laughs> it's not 20? It's, like, it's know, not 20. Nothing. Why yeah. is it a 20? It's Why is not it? even 10. Why is it 25% of the total? Good question. But they make an enormous stink about, like, oh, you can't do this. They're suing, actually, I believe, over it. I think the teachers' uh, union is suing over these things. Yeah. They're suing because people are using – this is my understanding of the case, right? I have not read their their filing or whatever. But they're suing because some people are using the money to send their kids to a religious school. And they're saying, Mm -hmm. oh, 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 
oh, you can't take tax dollars and send it to a religious school. Oh. And that's kind of where they're coming yeah, from yeah, on that. Yeah, you can, actually. Well, like, it's going to the District Court of New Hampshire, apparently, the, the, the federal court. Okay, but point. I mean, it's it, it's been a pretty long-established thing well, the, that if a religious organization is accomplishing something that the government wants to do, they are allowed to give a religious organization money. Well, in this case, I think they're giving the parents the money, and then the parents... All right. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong on this, parents, if you're out there and you, you've used the actual education savings account because none of the three of us have, right, have yeah. kids. Uh, but I believe it's the parents who get some sort of disbursement That's and then they are deciding what to do. Right, with yes, it. So, right. you know, that may be the linchpin in why they, this is legal as opposed to. Yeah. Uh, oh, what? You so mean much. parents can't autonomously make the choice for their own children? Yeah, well, that's what they're going to argue. And and ultimately, the teachers don't like this because, or the teachers' union doesn't like this because they see the numbers. They see the 14% of uh, kids that are dropping out of the government <laughs> schools and going home to go homeschooled or private schools. And they're like, crap, our job's on the line. If we, don't, you know, if we lose another 14% or 30%, at some point, we're not going to be able to claim we need another 30% increase in the budget. There's public school teachers listening to this program right now yelling at their radio going, you don't know what it's like to handle a classroom of kids. Blah, blah. So and quit. you're right. We don't. However, that doesn't make you a valuable part of child's education. Yeah. And I don't think they should know what it's like to handle a class full of children. Yeah. No one should know what it's like to handle 30 kids. Yeah, That's you're, crazy. You're, you're a sidearm and a baton away from being a prison guard. Mm. Right. And, and I mean, all of the literature is incredibly clear on this. The smaller the class size, the better the education. Okay. Who knew? <laughs> so if you have a class size of, say, Less than a dozen? That's better. So if you have, say, less than a dozen kids and you homeschool them, they're going to get a better education. Sure. It's it's really obvious. All of the evidence uh, shows that anything the government does is definitely not worthwhile. Right? Because so, it's too expensive for what they're accomplishing. Like, even like, if they accomplish something like yeah. getting a road built, they spent more than they had to. Yeah. Right. You know, they, they take money from people, they keep a hefty chunk for themselves, yeah. they give a little bit to the people that actually do the thing that could very easily be provided voluntarily in a, in a market situation. The New York City Department of Education, uh, according to TheHill.com, has now banned the new artificial intelligence system, ChatGPT, <laughs> from any of its public school networks and devices. Yeah, Banning things, because that's worked so many times before. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah, so, that's, that's why you can't get drugs in, pre- in prison. Right. Because uh, of AI? No, it's no, because it's banning banned. things. It's always yeah. Like, wait a minute. And, Chat- and, and I think that's just one of those, like, it's the most obvious thing. Like, you're not going to have a more tightly controlled circumstance than a prison. Uh, yeah. I, I, I would just like to say on this AI topic that... Uh, People are like, oh, it's going to replace art. No, it isn't. But if artists learn how to use AI, it's going to make art better. Right. Mm. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, this is so absolutely like, fundamentally backward in yeah. thinking. What did, did you ban calculators when those came out? <laughs> they yeah. might have. Somebody invented a paintbrush. You mean we don't have to paint with our fingers anymore? Let's well, I remember, ban paintbrushes. I remember in school uh, in the 90s or whatever, they told you you can't use a calculator. 
They said you are not yeah, allowed to test, yeah, yeah, you, you can't show, you show your work, the work yeah. right? And oh, you'll never be able to use a calculator in real life yeah. or whatever. You'll what? never you'll never be able to carry one in your pocket with you everywhere you go. My my uh, eighth grade teacher yeah. used to tell me that, and like, oh, guess what? I carry one in my mm-hmm. pocket wherever I go. Yeah, I, I remember hearing that, and it's like, um, I literally have a watch that does this, <laughs> yeah. and, th- and this was back before you know we carried around supercomputers in our pockets, yeah, right. and, and that's the thing, like. This is a tool. You are cutting off these people from learning how to use a powerful new tool. What if AI-assisted engineering is the next big, uh, you know, employment craze? Right. When was the last time that you guys ever had to write one of those? Remember the like the five paragraph essay where you had to have the introduction, you had to have the three paragraphs Mm -hmm. on the three points that you wanted to make, and then the conclusion at the end. Right? When was the last time after high school? If ever you ever had to do that, I, I might have done it not necessarily in a have to situation, but like as part of like a presentation in like a corporate environment mm-hmm. for like a, a program I was trying to implement or something. And by program, I mean like a, a training thing, you know, where I was like, OK, here's my idea. Here's the mm-hmm. three paragraphs of like why my idea will work. And then the conclusion you know, that kind of a thing. I might have done it. But like outside of that, never. This is what they're mad at chat GPT for doing. Because if you want to ask ChatGPT, we should explain what this is. Uh, Captain, I think you just signed up for this recently, didn't you? I haven't signed up for it yet, no. Oh, I thought you were... Oh, it was Bonnie that was doing it. Yeah. Sorry. So somebody somebody I knew um, <laughs> was signing up for this. I have uh, tested this as How well. How often do you confuse Captain for Bonnie, I wonder? We were hanging out last night, so, you know, uh, we spent some time together. In, in my, just, de- just in my defense... Out, the beard is a helpful yeah. difference. In my defense, Bonnie and I are both Gemini's, so... Oh, that's it. <laughs> Not that I put any stock into that, but, you know... <laughs> Uh, do you have you ever tried the Chat GPT? I have I've I haven't tried uh, any of the new uh, AI things at all. I'm too old for that fandangled <laughs> so, new stuff you kids are I, doing these days. I am kind of excited about the possibility of it though because like I never really got around to learning modern programming languages, mm-hmm. but I have so many ideas for what would be fairly simple right. programs. Mm. So like to me that is uh, the single most exciting possibility about using AIs to write. They can write programs for you. Right. That's true. I mean, it's their native language, Mm -hmm. and we can find out real quick if this works or not. Yeah, that's one of the things that they're doing. Uh, So, ChatGPT, for listeners that don't know, uh, this is kind of the latest iteration of artificial intelligence, quote-unquote chat uh, technology, meaning that it's not AI art, you're not generating pictures, you are interacting with this machine learning program for lack of a better term and i i don't know the engineering side of it so i can't get much deeper uh on how it actually works but essentially they ingest a ton of content from the internet about like how people write for instance and it learns about that and then they allow you to query this uh this artificial intelligence so-called and you can ask chat gpt it's not so much a chat bot in that you There's certain conversations you just can't have with it, and it is kind of woke, so it's got its issues. Mm -hmm. But from a technological perspective, it's pretty fascinating. If you want to, you can ask this thing to, as you said, write a program, and it will just, in whichever kind of code you want, you want PHP, you want Java, you want, you know, spits that out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most people aren't going to need to do that. But if you wanted to write an essay about a certain topic, 
you can do that. You can tell it. Write an essay about why the Free State Project is the you know the best solution for liberty in our right. lifetime, and it will spit out a five paragraph essay with an introduction, three bu- three bullet point paragraphs, and then a conclusion. And that's one of the reasons why the New York School Board here is upset. We got Sydney on the line in Pennsylvania. Go ahead, Sydney. Oh, I've got the perfect idea for the chat GPT, which would be to write a letter to Judge LaPlante about why Ian should be, I guess, just let free. Do it. And maybe chat GPT can come up with the perfect way that will just neutralize the judge and just the judge will just be convinced after reading it. That's a great idea. Put it into action. Let us know how it goes. You're referring to the judge that is going to be uh, sentencing me on eight counts of victimless crimes that I was found guilty of at a jury trial last month. Uh, That's going to be happening on April 14th, and uh, I am accepting letters uh, to the judge. Now, if you're going to be letting someone else write it for you, then you better be reviewing it making sure that it actually has your feelings in it, because I wouldn't want somebody to uh, represent themselves falsely uh, to uh, to a court. But uh, that said, you can go to letters.freetalklive.com. You can get the address uh, that you can send the letter to. You can also, you're welcome to email me in advance for any kind of feedback or whatever. Sometimes somebody will, I don't want to tell somebody what to write generally, but what I will say, the two two feedbacks I've given so far are, one, you should probably tell a little bit about yourself you know, explain who you are and, you know, what your history was. Maybe you worked for the military or whatever. Give it a little bit of your, your past and what you do today. Uh, make sure you put that in there. And then also don't forget to include your contact info. Sometimes people just, they just sign it and then they're done. It's like, well, the judge may want to reach out to you. They may want to, you know, may want to ask you a question or something like that. So you should have contact information on the letter. But you can uh, yeah. weigh in on this and it and hopefully it'll make a make an impact on him. He seems like he's relatively open-minded uh, for, uh, for a judge which was a pleasant surprise to me in that court. Uh, You can go to letters.freetalklive.com. That's letters.freetalklive.com. Sydney, were you, uh, did you have anything else you wanted to share tonight? Yeah, I thought that was a really good point also about the, uh, to review it and make sure that it represents yourself uh, Mm -hmm. because you're talking about ownership. So uh, this new frontier dealing with these, uh, you know, code that possibly could make code that could make code. Mm-hmm. who owns the output of that. So if I gave it a prompt of just one sentence to write this letter for me, um, you know, obviously there's going to be many iterations of output. I would I would presume in a certain random element uh, probably thrown in just to give it that AI sort of touch on top. But, you know, that thing has to represent you. So, you know, taking the time to actually sit down and write a letter from yourself as opposed to, um, you know, taking you know, 10 seconds and telling ChatGPT to output a bunch of text, you know, that will come off as seeming to have a soul and and have individuality, but doesn't necessarily. These topics are, are now coming up with ChatGPT and other ways of generating this material. Who owns it? Um, the, the data that that material is generated from initially, the training sets that they use for these programs, who, you know, what's the ownership of that stuff. So like GitHub, which is a online repository for code. Um, it's a place that a lot of people post their code. It's owned by Microsoft. Mm, and so, right. you know, they process all that code and they're creating products that can generate code off of code that other people took some time themselves to write. Right. So I think it's a very interesting topic. I just wanted to chime in. Have there you, Sydney, actually utilized the, the chat? Look- have you utilized the chat GPT for anything? 
I actually came up with this idea to use it to write this letter um, because you guys put out that call and I was, you know you talked about ChatGPT, so I actually thought about that. I went to OpenAI, I think it is, and they said that it's overloaded and I oh, can't wow. use it at the moment. So <laughs> it's um, too popular. I, it... I, I've never personally used it. I'm just an observer. I just keep watching this stuff. I can sort of see where it's going. I don't think it's going in a good direction. I just keep watching. I don't really use this stuff. And let's start out with someone who is saying they are a representative of the Illuminati calling from the headquarters of the Illuminati. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Uh, Yes, I'm a representative of the Illuminati, and we were watching your show, and we have decided that we need to shut you down, unfortunately. Well, you're a little late. The federal government's already been doing the best uh, they possibly can to to, uh, do that. We talked to them, and they said that uh, that that's not going to matter. Because uh, the Illuminati has so many powers in the government that they can just shut you down willy-nilly as they please. Now, why haven't they done that already? They're working on it. Okay. Now, what is it about uh, this show that is upsetting to the Illuminati? It was the Biden stuff you were talking about. What do you mean? What do you mean, what do I mean? I just watched Biden has come up in more than one conversation. Did we even mention yeah. Biden tonight? The new I think, stuff. The new stuff. Man. I think he got he an early mention stuff. early on in the story. Uh, mm. Was there something? Oh, the, uh, the, about the documents? The, I don't know about I don't know what you're talking about. Are you well, talking about the documents that uh, they they found from when he was uh, vice president that were squirreled away in his uh, library? We didn't talk about that at all tonight. No, no, no. Definitely not that one. Well, what stuff? I thought you said you were watching know, the show. The, I know. It's the Biden stuff you just talked about. We weren't talking about Biden recently. We were talking about the the school district, man. And Chad GPT. Well, this, this has not been a very the illuminating GPT, conversation. The Biden Chad GPT. He's on there. Biden Chad GPT. Okay. Uh, Have you seen yeah. that? Yeah. You're losing me, uh, representative of the Illuminati. Why don't you tell us a little bit? What is the Illuminati? Stand illuminate for? us. Yeah. What is it? I mean, tell our listeners. I mean, people may have heard a thing or two here or there about the Illuminati. There's a lot of misinformation. Now you've got the chance okay. to correct the record about the Illuminati. What do you guys stand for? Honestly, the Illuminati is a great organization. We do a lot of things for the community. We try to bring people together. No, that's uh, not an answer. Like a one world group community would be wonderful. Okay, but we could th- all just. I mean, there's there's only one world, and we're already a community. That's not really an answer as to what the Illuminati stands for. I mean, there's a lot of people that do charity work. That's exactly what we stand for. We stand for charity work. Well, that's so do we. Answer. Why would you want to shut us down? Uh, you said some stuff that was uh, against our. I guess you could say our goals. What was that? What goals are those? We don't. We don't. I. We don't have time to get into that. All right. Oh. You know, you could have been a lot more fun with this with this call. But thank you for like, the call tonight. Yeah, Margaret. I was going to say we're only yeah, like we got time. four minutes into this segment. I appreciate. I appreciate the attempt. I mean, it would have been a more creative uh, call. Uh, you know, I don't even know if I want to call it a crank call because it wasn't like particularly. Yeah, he could have at least pretended good. he was in he some sort of crankier. A, yeah, he could have pretended he was in some sort of sex cult called the Illuminati. <laughs> yeah, right. Let's go to Jimmy. Maybe he'll illuminate us here tonight. Calling from Florida. Go ahead, Jimmy. Hi. Oh, Captain, my captain. I really felt the pain when you said how miserable you are under government and everything. Yeah. Well, I have a suggestion on how to relieve that. Did you know the Eskimos have no government up there? Why don't you go up there and live? Don't don't wait for Ian to change New Hampshire. Uh, there's, uh, there's already uh, one here. Alaska does have a government. Uh, in fact, there's no place on planet Earth that is not claimed by government. I, don't, I didn't. 
I didn't say Alaska. I said the Eskimos at the North Pole. Well, okay, either way, well, there's no place on planet Earth that is not claimed by a government. Yeah, the people in this room have no government either. So we already got it. Some people also want to have... But no, uh, like, like, thanks for the suggestion. Like, I appreciate that you're thinking and you're trying to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to help you. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, but some people don't want to... Like, for instance, the same reason why some people don't want to do what our other co-host, Mark Edge, has been suggesting, and that is move to a low-population island, uh, is because they want to have more options. They want to have freedom and they want to have a society. They want to have, you know, options for work and options for play and not just have, you know, the same two square mile or five square mile radius that they get to walk around in. Well, and like to some extent, uh, if you're an individual and you just want freedom for yourself, you could probably put yourself into a position where you have your own personal maximum amount of freedom. I think that's what Jimmy's saying. But, you can but go that, to the North Pole. But and- that takes out the... Mm, I guess the thing that drives me to like be here, at least mm-hmm. at this point in space and time, is that I not only want it for myself, but I understand that in order for me to have it long term and for anybody else who wants it to have it long term, that I must also give it to everybody else. Who wants it, at least. Some people right. don't want it. Right. Like but, Jimmy. But that option should be there. Like, I want humanity to be free because I know that that's the best way for me to be free. Mm. Right? I, like, I can be selfish and just go, okay, well, I'm going to live here and, you know, I'll have a passport for this and I'll have business over here and, like, in, you know, that kind yeah. of a thing. Right? I could set that up to where I have the most amount of freedom that I can have within whatever status, you know, paradigm that I choose to operate with. But is the world around you going to be getting more or less free? If Correct. you do that. Right. Less, yeah. because I'm not participating with my other fellow human beings who want to be free. And part of it, for me, is how long? So, like, uh, the Amish are relatively ungoverned. Yes. Like, they are extremely That's low true. government. Like, they, you know, they, they have their traditions, they have their councils, but, like, the, the, the taxes, government though. mostly leaves them alone. But, as time goes on, less and less so. So the the further yeah, you we keep get hearing into about them thing, getting raided for selling raw milk and, yep. and, and things like eggs. that. Eggs, exactly. 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 <laughs> so, yeah, the, the so, yolks on you. So yeah, the the further and further we get into this thing, the less and less they're going to be left alone. And I have no doubt that that would also apply to the Inuit. So I mean, sure, they're left alone for the most part for now. Well, they don't have any money from which to tax them, right? Like they're they're just living off the land. They got some whatever the hell it is they eat up there, seal or I assure polar you, bear. they will find a way to tax blubber. Well, it, it, the, is it Jimmy, right? Jimmy. Like, J- yeah. Jimmy's sentiment reminds me of the age old, well, if you don't like it, why don't you just leave? And it's like, why should I leave a geographic area that uh, I have spent time in? Well, I you have did leave. Ma- you left Seattle. Well, I did, actually. It's true. Uh, well, I left Wisconsin, too, mm-hmm. for that matter. Every other state I ever resided in, you know, I, I did eventually leave. So there, there's something to that. But. You know, why should I be the one to leave when I'm not the a-hole? Brazil has a major political party that are referred to as ultra-liberals, but they are absolutely libertarians. Now, those people do not have a home in Brazil because it's largely communist-run. Mm-hmm. Now, once we get out of this system, there will be a place for them to go. Right. 
We will have so much talent. We will have so much ability. And because we'll actually have a decent way of running things that isn't robbing you blind 24-7, we'll actually be able to establish the ways to get these done more efficiently. Another example of this is, I mean, to some extent, is Hong Kong is looking at this place which was at one time under the thumb of the the ter- you know the tyranny mm-hmm. of China uh the they leased it for i believe 99 years i think it was to the UK uh, to Great Britain and under Great Britain's relatively hands-off rule they had tremendous economic growth on a island that really has no natural resources whatsoever, it's essentially it's a rock, yep. and they uh, they they had amazing growth with millions of people, you know, moving there and creating businesses. I remember when uh, was uh, John Stossel did yep. a report. This was probably twenty years ago. He did a report on uh, where is it easiest to open a business, and they went to like somewhere in the Middle East. They went to the United States. They went to Hong Kong, and in Hong Kong, it was like. You filled out a half a sheet of piece of paper, and then you, you're done. You can open your doors in the United States. Of course, there's all you know. Oh boy, good luck. Get the lawyers out. Start uh, hiring people. Uh, throw in all kinds of money into various bureaucracies. Dance, of course, monkey. the Middle East was even worse uh, than the United States. But Hong Kong had that freedom for a time. It doesn't anymore. The Chinese took back over in the late '90s, and it's been getting worse yeah. ever since. But it was an example of how relative freedom in a relatively short number of decades, can completely change the face of a specific area. Yep. And we're going to have that in New Hampshire. New Hampshire is already the freest place in the United States, and it's going to become uh, more free over time, Jimmy. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. I think Cliff um, Portal, um, I think his name, that, so he brought up bringing up the high-speed rail from Denver to going through Roswell and going to uh, Chihuahua, he brought it up. And so, I mean, he wants to do it, but I, I don't know if they're going to get any much. Um, Cliff Portal. Who the hell is that? Portal. I mean, he's one of the senators or reps from our state of New Mexico. Oh, so what you're saying is he wants to take taxpayer money that was stolen by the threat of violence from your neighbors and then build a government boondoggle called a high-speed rail that will then take a small number of people who might use the rail to wherever it is, Denver or where, wherever the destination is, Chihuahua, uh, Chihuahua and, uh, and then all taxpayers have to pay for it, right? Even though most people will never, ever ride the rail in their entire lives. That's what the proposal is? I think so. Like Denver okay. wants to do it, and they want Denver, Denver wants to, is not a thing. I'm not surprised. Denver is not a. Denver does not have once. Denver is compro- comprised of individuals. Denver some wants of, hookers and blow. Ian, come some on. Some of which may not <laughs> want to have a high speed well, rail. Well, Colorado wants to build it, but they have to get it through New Mexico. <laughs> yeah. That's the problem. Colorado Sarah? already decided they only. They could only extend it to the borderline, so they need. That's why they need a cooperation from New Mexico to, so they can extend the line through Roswell. So it's and being stolen not just from New Mexicans, but from Colorado, right. Coloradans as well. So Sarah, uh, this is a classic just waste of money. It's been done several, several, several times, uh, very frequently in California, and they start this project and it never goes anywhere. They pour millions and millions and millions of dollars into these things and nothing happens. But 
in the process, they pay off all of their friends. All of their friends become very rich from the millions of dollars that they spent, and nothing gets done in return. So I, they, I think they're talking about the magnetic, magnetic levitation train. Is this the first one uh, you've heard of? Have you never heard well, of a high-speed rail even, system before? Because this has been well, done over and over. They had it in Japan. They have it in Japan and Europe for many decades, like over 50, 60 years or whatever. I don't know. Like they had it forever, almost. Seems seems like the idea has so been around for a long time. So then, so then, you know, what's the problem? Why is it that they cannot the have theft. it in the U.S.? Well, why? Oh, what's the? Oh, why doesn't? Oh, because they don't actually want to complete it. So the thing is, they they don't actually gain anything from finishing this. <laughs> they could keep on extending well, it and yeah. getting more money. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.